think I'm going to send you a, a bouquet of posies anonymously to your house. <laughs> I'll still take him in a trade, but I'll mock him every day <laughs> at practice. <laughs> Welcome to Atlas Bacht, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 15, entitled, So You're Telling Me There's a Chance. Yeah! Yeah! Okay, Bockers, welcome to episode 15. Joe, it's great to see you. You too, man. Thank you. Jack, wonderful to see you too. What's happening, fellas? And we will not have Greg tonight. Greg is uh, fighting a nasty cold, and he, quite frankly, sounds so bad we told him to hang up and not be a part of this. So, Greg, hope you get better sometime soon. Sounds like you had a great time down at the... What was it? The YouTube festival or something like that? What was he at? The YouTube thing? VidCon, I think. Oh, VidCon. VidCon. Okay. Um, so let's jump right into the the scores, and we'll start with the Omission Commission uh, visiting Bad Street. The Omission Commission just crushed Bad Street. They scored 50.35 points to Bad Street's 39.6. And Justin Turner, uh, in that DH for the Emission Commission, scored 7.8 points. He went 10 for 22. He bat, So he batted, what, 454, had two doubles, two home runs, six runs batted in, nine runs, and six walks. Real Muto bounced back from a tough week last week to put up a good 4.2. And the Cardinals, which are still, they're still in play right now, but probably going to end up right in the same area at 7.35, and it's certainly not going to change the outcome of the game. Uh, bad Street. I had Justin Upton. Justin Upton scored 5.6 points for him. He won 8 for 25, so he batted 320. He went. Uh, had three doubles, a home run, five ribbies, five runs, four walks, and was actually caught in his only attempt to steal. His catcher, Alex Avila, put up a meager two points, and the Cubs scored 10.6. Actually outscored the Astros. Uh, they put up 10.6 points. So clearly, uh, Bad Street is out. Now, Emission Commission, we're going to get to the playoff scenarios later, but certainly good win for the Emission Commission, an important one for the Emission Commission. What do you think? Yeah, that it was a um, it was an expected win. Um, again, um, we've kind of gotten to the point of the season where, um, you know, Bad Street, Low Cash, and, and the Punks, and, um, you know, I almost throw, uh, 
throw Greg's squad in there, you, you're going to expect to win again. So <clears throat> the the league has separated a little bit. There's still too many teams on the top, so that's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But at this point, they have been you know consistently good. They've gotten good numbers out of guys that I consider pretty good. You know, Judge is a stud now. And to be able to just plug somebody like that into your lineup all of a sudden turns a, a, a contender into a champion. At times, the one big thing, they got Turner batting friggin' 400. Uh, the Cardinals, with this team, I probably would have traded for four staffs by now if I hadn't done <laughs> what I was looking for. You know, again, who knows? You know, they turn it on at the right time. Again, you only need a couple good weeks out of your staff as long as you can win otherwise. So Yeah, it was, it was an important win for them to keep pace in their division, given that the team that, that they're tied with lost. It helps them keep pace, keeps them ahead in the wild card, and they've got a chance to pick up a game this coming week. So that if, if they can win next week, they'll only be one game out of the division lead what, what do you mean by that are, are you saying are they playing you yeah yeah oh oh okay so and, that's a and big they're game fa- and they're favored so yeah I, I don't know about the favored not favored the way the site breaks it down it's certainly been wrong every fucking week for my team <laughs> That's a big, big game, Joe. I didn't even realize that. Scott's pretty confident. We had a barbecue uh, last night, and he's feeling good. He's feeling really good about his team. He's not looking to make a lot of changes, but he's happy. He's happy with Turner. He he likes uh, Judge. He's a big fan of Judge. He's pumped with Real Muto. I did not mention pitching staff once to Scotty. And and, and steady points at catcher. Um, a huge deal. Uh, Real Muto's been... Real Muto has been as steady as they come this year. So uh, that guy, that's a, that's a big deal. Again, down the stretch, it, it could come into play. So let's move over to St. Locash Stinkfist against Mr. Blonde's Heroes. So St. Locash visiting Mr. Blonde's Stadium, and St. Locash takes a win, 47.7. Uh, Mr. Blonde's Heroes puts up 42.6. So this you know, was a, was a pretty strong win for St. Locash. Jose Ramirez, once again, St. Locash top player at second base, put up a 6.4. He went 11 for 28, so he batted 392. Had three doubles, two triples, a home run, a ribby, six runs, a stolen base, and two walks. Yasmani Grandal put up a strong 5.4 at the catcher position. And the Angels put up a pedestrian 7.7, but doesn't really matter. He he gets another win, and I wonder if he even is looking at the score, quite frankly. On the other side, Mr. Blonde's heroes, George Springer and Logan Morrison both put up 5.4s. George Springer uh, went 7 for 27. Logan Morrison went 7 for 22. So Logan Morrison batted 318. He had a double, a triple, a home run, seven ribbies, three runs, and four walks. And then George Springer, who batted 259, had three home runs, three ribbies, five runs, three walks. And Matt Wieters finally showing some weakness at 1.6. That hurt him. And then the Yankees, also uh, one of the weakest scores this uh, this scoring period at 6.6. So, yeah, Mr. Blunt's hero is just fading quickly. St. Locash, you know, when we get to the standings, he's still in play. I think it's a long shot at this point, but you're right. There's still some importance to how he plays. Uh, you know, it's funny, Greg. <laughs> Greg on his bench had who has become a fantasy whore already in the Juiceless League. Um, as he continues to blossom, Keon Broxton, I think, has been on now four of our teams, maybe more, um, in, uh, in this, his first year in the Juiceless League. 
and uh, and had a 7.4 on Greg's bench this week. So, um, you know, he had a, a few decent scores. Bradley with a 5.2. Russell had a 4.4 in limited time. So um, he actually, you know, had a win <clears throat> on his bench. Um, you know, Chris, on the other hand, Ramirez, there's, there's, you know, it's nice to, to be on record with the podcast because I, I believe in one of the first few episodes I said he was the uh, – the most underrated guy in fantasy baseball. You did. And um, you, you can only, you can thank you. You can only say that for so long before he just becomes uh, a fantasy stud. Um, and uh, again, with multi position eligibility, that guy is, um, he's somebody I would like to have on my roster for sure. Yeah. He's definitely gone from underrated to at least rated at this point. I think he's <laughs> been his top player uh, at least twice. I think maybe even three times. And the versatility there too. I mean, just you know, he has guys that are clicking, and again, you know, you 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 it it it'd be a perfect storm, but um, you know, at five and seven, he's right in the like you said in the mix. Um, Lamb keeps it up, Zimmerman keeps it up, Ramirez keeps it up, and and Grandal has the the capabilities. We've seen it before, especially later in the season. Bruce has been better as a Met than he was as a in red. It's possible long shot but it's possible this is what's interesting right so obviously a lot of my thinking has been around uh what what impact do i have and what impact do i not have right this is obviously very important for me if i was winning i would think it was all my impact right so maybe this is just a loser's look at it but one of the things that you see is when we get to the the last third of the season and owners have decided that their team is out of it. And Joe, you kept talking last week. You couldn't understand with seven games left after the current week why people would throw in the towel. And and one of the things is is that it, you know the the diligence that you use in the first third and especially in the second third still needs to be there in the third third of the season, right? And in this case, if Chris thinks his team's out of it, then he may not make an extra move. He may not make. He does check on the injured players and he stays on top of his team there. I give him credit on that, but it's just about, you know what? I I'm on to other things. If he does continue to maybe pick up a different pitching staff or trade for a pitching staff, or if he just lets it play out. Is is that just a characteristic of Chris? Yeah, just just kind of give it, just let it play out. Yeah. Yeah. Generally. Yes. Uh, maybe, but there have been seasons in the past where, I probably did the same thing where I, I kind of took a look at it and said, you know what, you know, I'll, I'll put a competitive team out there, but I'm not going to spend another 20 or $30 to maybe eke out and get into fifth place as opposed to sixth place. No matter how bad my team is, I still try and put together the best lineup just to, you know, just to keep the integrity of the game. But yeah, no, no, I'm not saying you're not doing that. I'm saying that he does that for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 But, he'll put, he'll, he, like I said, he stays on top of it shit better than I stay on top of mine. <clears throat> he won't come back even with a couple of wins, maybe, <laughs> um, uh, you know, but he won't come back and, and start sacrificing again, youth to, to get back in it um, in, in this year's scenario. Not, not, it'd have to be a, a couple of impressive wins uh, in a row. Yeah. You, I, I'm not saying that he's not paying attention. I think everybody in this league really does pay attention. My point is, is that it does cost money. It does cost uh, you, you need to expend on talent. There's a number of things that you would have to do. So when you think about what impact, you know, could he have having some really talented fantasy players? If he thinks the team's not going to win, there, sometimes it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? 
So let's move over to the Funkin' Punks. So the Funkin' Punks visited Lethal Injection. Uh, and this was a close game. This was a really close game. The Funkin' yeah. Bunks, uh, Punks visited Lethal Injection and actually ended up losing 43.6 to Lethal Injection, who put up 44.25. Again, I think we're pretty clear on Mikey and Lethal Injection making the playoffs. However, this was an interesting uh, uh, a game because of how close it was and you know the Punks' record and their ability to maybe get back in with a win. So now in the punks, the ageless wonder Ian Kinsler put up an eight at second base for um, LJ and his funk and punks. Uh, Kinsler went seven for 27, batted 259 with two doubles, three home runs, five ribbies, five runs, three stolen bases, and six walks. Sal Perez put up a solid 3.8 from the catcher position, and the Blue Jays fell back to earth at six points overall. For lethal injection, Chris Davis, the outfielder for the Oakland Athletics, put up a 5.6. That was his top score, folks. 10 for 29, so he batted 344. He had three doubles, a home run, four ribbies, three runs, a stolen base, and three walks. Brian McCann put up uh, two points at the catcher positions, and the Indians back in a dominant position at 11.85 points for Mikey. And quite frankly, that's one of the big reasons that he was able to walk away with a win in this game. Um, not Nobody really blew up for Mikey this week. He wasted some points last week, but this week you look across his scores, they're you know, all about average, and then you have that Indian staff, and boy, pitching is so important in this league. Yeah, he um, he definitely depended on the staff this week, um, but you're going to get those weeks. He got lucky. Uh, in fact, it looks like LJ not lost always. a guy. Uh, <laughs> lost a guy here that uh, that is injured Valencia who did not play today and I think he uh, Granderson got uh, a two plus on his bench so um, while Mikey still has Carpenter playing and could add to his score um, LJ could have made a replacement and actually been in the lead right now so you know you're going to get those those games where you don't score the most but you still you got a win or you're on the other side of it. And again, those you, too many of those games in a season makes uh, makes a season one way or the other. You know, Mikey's team has been interesting to watch because there are some weeks where it, it seems like he's as up and down with his scoring as anybody. I'm never sure what I'm going to see out of it from week to week. You know, Tim, you're exactly right. With the Indian staff, you, you got to feel pretty good. Okay, let's move over to Reardon Metal and the Dreamers. This was a nice interdivision game here. Uh, Reardon Metal went to the Dreamers and won convincingly. Uh, put up 47.7 points against the Dreamers, 43.1 points. And Joe, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, it's too bad that Greg can't be on the call to talk about McCutch. Uh, <laughs> put up 6.6 points for your top player. Uh, that's pretty strong. He went 8 for 20, so I guess batting 400. Uh, pretty excellent there uh, when you really take a look at it. And um, he did that by hitting two home runs, seven ribbies, six runs, six walks. It was a solid week for McCutch. Posey put up a, a right in the middle, average 3.6 week, which was great. That helped you out. And the Nationals, boy, either Nationals put up, you know, 13 or they put up seven, it seems like, uh, 7.7 points. Didn't matter. You still got the W in an all-important game. On the other side, the Dreamers, Yasiel Puig put up 5.2. He wasn't at bat a lot. He went 5 for 15 for a 333 batting average. But, boy, he, he did on those 15 at-bats. He went. Uh, he had a double, two home runs, four ribbies, 
four runs, and then he added in six bases on ball. Um, Gary Sanchez put up a solid 4.8 for them. Diamondbacks again, number, another double-digit double digit point at 10.3, but again, all in a losing effort. So, Joe, once again, man, establishing dominance in your division. Well done. Yeah, it was a nice payback game. Uh, I'd like to point out that Posey was not even the best catcher on my team this week. That was uh, Contreras on the bench with a four. So really able to count on on Correa in particular. McCutcheon, it's nice that McCutcheon's scoring again. Picking up smoke helped me quite a bit. I finally got, in, got him into a game, and he had a good score. Uh, but Correa is consistently right around six every week, it seems like. And... I think he's been the anchor so far. Um, Moustakis, interestingly enough, had his probably must be his worst week. About fucking time. <laughs> he, he's. I'm not going to let one week tell me that he's done performing. He. I saw something the other day that in the last 162 games, he has 40 home runs and 112 RBIs. That, that's a pretty significant sample size. So he's he's changed something about his approach. They were. They were pointing out that he's he's hitting the ball to all fields anymore. No, nobody's shifting on him at this point because he's not a dead pull hitter anymore. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and and he hasn't really lost any power. In fact, if anything, he's he's found some more. Nice. Okay, on to the Jacks Wax Packs and forty seven Ronin Jacks Wax Packs put up the top score of the week at fifty eight point six five, taking down forty seven Ronin who put up. 54.2. Paul Goldschmidt, the Arizona Diamondback first baseman, did his part, put up 7.2, batting 416. He went 10 for 24. That's uh that's a hell of a hell of a way to do it. So he put up uh he had a double, two home runs, eight ribbies, eight runs, and three walks. Wellington Castillo put up a 2.2, and the Dodgers laid it down at 13.45 points. They went undefeated this week. Uh, for 47, Ronan Bellinger, first baseman, put up a 10.2. He batted 370, 10 for 27 um, in the losing effort. He had three doubles, five home runs, 12 ribbies, seven runs. He even put in a stolen base and had two walks. Lucroy matched Castillo uh, on the other side of the diamond at a 2.2, and the Astros put up a 10.2 on those points. This, this one hurt. Um, this was, uh, I just needed a win and did not get it. Uh, I don't think there was any question that Jack was going to win the division, but, um, this one actually knocked me down even in the wild card standing. So, um, smarted, uh, and was challenging. So you gotta be feeling good, Jack. It, it, it you know, I actually, I think a week ago, if I remember correctly, um, in fact, we did this on Monday where you were destroying me. I think I had conceded. Um, the game at that point. It was, so, it was actually on um, Tuesday, and I, if you listen closely, I actually a, remind everybody it's only Tuesday. <laughs> this is true. So, uh, so yeah, I do apologize for that. Slowly, they uh, they came back. Um, I, I I think I took the corner right right around the weekend and um, was able to 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 pull away at the end. A um, <clears throat> couple of good calls. I I put Batista in. I had uh, I had Desmond in there and. They end up being a difference of four and a half. Um, honestly, it would have it, it would have made it a lot lot closer. Um, Goldschmidt has been phenomenal. I think he's I believe he's the best player in the league. Got him in a trade a few years back, and uh, it's been 
just wonderful. Those national infielders, man, Murphy and Turner consistently giving me points. The Dodgers were great. I knew I was getting two out of Kershaw this week. Uh, again, you scored 54 points. Um, I, I just, I scored more and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm confident. Obviously I'm going into the playoffs now. I'm, they're working on the, uh, the first every Griffey division banner championship banner. So I got the, uh, the guys in the back working on that one. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, uh, uh, now I just hope everybody stays healthy. They can all just kind of sit for the next few weeks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, again, it's um, it's a long season. Shit can happen. I, you know, again, yeah, yeah, take, yeah. Take, take Goldschmidt out of the lineup. Take, take, you know, pull Goldschmidt and, and Murphy out of that lineup. And, and, you know, do I have somebody to replace them? Yes. Am I going to lose points? Yes. We'll see. I'm uh, I'm confident, but uh, but always. Uh, it's actually at the point now where you if if you you should actually want your injuries to come now. Right. You've got. The yeah, right. Playoff, yeah. right. At this point, they might as well. Right. 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 You know, take well. take a four, even a, a tough injury, a four or six week injury. Right. Take it now before you get into the playoffs. Right. Because then it's it's a whole new season. This is that's, true. that's just a brutal way to lose a game, though. When you score 54 points, you have the second highest score in the league. And, I've done it and three times. You this just season. happen to be playing the wrong team three times, yep. three times yep. so far. I've lost to the top score. And the of my five wins, four of those five wins, I was the top score. So, Jeez. but you know what? The record is the record. It is what it is. And understood. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's I, there's really nothing else that can be done. It's what I, it is. I mean, it, it's just painful. And I, I, I re, you reminded me. I I had totally forgotten how fast you got to twenty three or twenty four points because I remember giving you a hard time last week about. You know, quit complaining because you had just scored sixty-five and you're already at twenty-three or twenty-four, or whatever it was, and everybody kind of laughing about it. And I would have never thought you were going to lose that. You know, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, I guess the only thing I could stand on is I was fucking right. I mean, that's the only thing I could say. Look, I mean, <laughs> we, we, it was a ten-point swing over two days, so um, I was up by eight, and I was then. Uh, down by actually it was a 12 points when i was down by six uh in a 48 hour period so well you, you know you've said all along this season that you feel like this team is star-crossed so i guess you know better than we do about it i still had hope i think coming off the high point output i was worried that maybe they just all the points come at once with this team whether it's unexplainable or not i mean the 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 wild card now looks far I'm two games behind omission commission it's not even the division now it's I've got to in seven games I've got to make up two games against at least one team and maybe multiple teams I I actually have a decision to make do I try to make this team better for next year but I I'm struggling right now because I take a look at this and I say what the fuck could I change like what do I do the schedule (laughs) yeah it's i mean it's not like your team isn't scoring points uh yeah well yeah i i uh, like i said i i broke it down a little bit um there's a there's a few you guys looking for uh for what appears to be one last spot whether uh you know reardon ends up winning the division or not obviously this will be their eighth win in a row well that's Um, yeah that's what you kind of look at right you guys are both on win streaks i don't know if there means anything like there's really there's no such thing as a win, like it's right. just chance, right? 
right. um, and and just maybe, you know, may and then you know, you guys. I think the second third of the th- season is the toughest. I sorry to talk over you, Jack, but the second yeah. third of the season is the toughest, right? Because that's when teams that are winning tend to invest in their team, and teams that are losing tend to either be cautious um, or make moves that aren't as aggressive. So if if you have your win streak kind of at the end of the first third into the second third, then it's okay because the teams that you're playing after that maybe in a different universe would have went to go out and grab more points, built a team that could grab more points against you when your team was starting to slow down. The other thing is, is I have not had a significant injury on my team. Every other team that is ahead of me has had some sort of injury. So I'm also, you talk about streaks, right? If you told me that I'd be sitting here in week 12 with no injuries and I will have added uh, Robinson Cano and we knew what Bellinger was doing, I had Bellinger, there's no way I thought I'd be sitting where I'm sitting. But I am. So it's probably a good time to run through the division. So if we take a look at the Griffey division, Jack's Wax Packs, 9-3, and three, uh, 47 Ronin in second place at 5-7. and seven. There is a mathematical chance I could overtake you, but um, sometimes math is just math. And we'll get into that in yeah. the next segment. Okay, great. The Funk and Punks at four and eight, and Mister Blonde's Hero at four and eight. Um, I I pretty much believe this is how the division standings will end. I could be wrong. It's probably crazy for me to say that, but I really do believe that. Uh, the McGuire Division, Reardon Medal at nine and three, Omission Commission still still hanging around. And like you said, Joe, big game this week if uh, Omission Commission can win. Quite frankly, I'm actually going for you in this game and uh, hoping you can extend that streak to one more week. But again, that probably doesn't do well for you because if that's what I want, it's probably not going to fucking happen. Yeah. Uh, the Dreamers at 6-6. Six and six, I just think these guys don't know what the hell's going on. And I, if there's anyone that could make a move to, to lose, I think it's the Dreamers. I love you guys. I, I, you know, I just, I just don't know that you know what your team is. The Bonds Division, uh, Lethal Injection, eight and four. We get a chance to talk to Mikey a little later on, which I'm pretty excited about um, having our uh, having him back for the second time. Saint Locash at five and seven. I guess you know uh, everybody thinks it's not so much for Chris there, but he's got the same record as I do, so maybe he's in for a run. And then Bad Street at three and nine is pretty much cooked. I don't even think there's a mathematical way for him to do that. So um, there you go. Those are the standings. Why don't we go ahead and take a break? We'll come back. And Jack has done some work. He's done some some good work on the playoff picture. So we'll let him drop some knowledge on us. So see you in uh, a little bit. Welcome back, Bockers. We have a, a great guest, uh, a great friend of the podcast, and Bocker himself. It's Mikey Breen. Mikey, welcome back to the, bodca- the podcast. 
What's going on? Thank you. It's perfect timing. So Jack uh, put pencil to paper like he likes to do, and he did some work on the playoff picture. So I'm going to hand the microphone over to Jack and uh, let you take it away, bud. All right. So what's up, Mikey? How you doing, man? What's going on? So, Mikey, I am, um, much like yourself, in a very comfortable position in the division. You are uh, a couple games up, a few games up, and um, I'm I'm now four games up. But Tim is one of those teams, so it feels like I'm wow. two games up, but I'm four. So, wow. so you and I are probably going to the fucking playoffs. So, um, again, weird as shit has happened. Things <laughs> things have uh, have changed dramatically in in past seasons, but at this point, uh, I'm pretty much ready to punch our ticket. I did a little. Um, little digging into the schedules for the other teams that uh that are trying to get those last couple spots and joe your schedule um is is not your toughest games are are really are right now the these two the dreamers and commission back to back you slap these two down and um you're in a really good spot moving forward um i you got a few guaranteed wins you know, chris, <laughs> i'm not chris, listening right chris is one of those teams and he and he you know he uh, would have beat a lot of us this week <clears throat> but i expect joe i expect you to go four and three worst case five and two and uh and finish somewhere around 13 and 6 14 and 5 so that's going to that's going to take that division obviously oh, yeah. as well and um so that's spot 3 uh so that's going to leave one more spot the wild card spot and um at the moment uh if we finish today omission would have that spot with a seven and five record uh the dreamers are six and six and uh and then tim uh and uh chris are five and seven chris won this week um and again has a, a team that could win in future weeks uh, but I don't really expect him to be in the chase. Tim, again, we've talked about your team. You were the second highest score this week. You would have beat anyone else. Again, um, that's happened to you a few times. I think you've lost three games with scores uh, at of 48 or more. Normally, you wouldn't really be talking too much about a 5-7 and seven team, but you do definitely belong in the conversation, um, and I'll explain why. Omission is in the driver's seat at the moment, 7-5. and five. Um, they play Reardon this week, which is an expected loss. Joe's team is better. Um, doesn't mean he's going to win, but if you were picking, you would have to go with Joe. Um, from there, their schedule gets a little nasty. They have, uh, they have Tim, they, you play omission in two weeks, um, be followed by the dreamers. Um, they do play each other twice. Um, then he comes uh, to me after that. Um, and, uh, and then he gets a little letdown with Blondie, uh, but then plays Mike and then finishes with the Dreamers. I mean, he has one wow. ground ball game for the rest of the season. That um, is brutal. Scott's in the driver's seat, but he's not my pick for wild card. The Dreamers are six and six, so they're right in between the two of you right now. He is uh, playing Mike this coming week, so I expect uh, a loss for him. So that puts him at six and seven. Um, he does go to LJ after that, so bring him back to 500. And then, again, they play each other twice, the Dreamers and Omission. So I gave them each a win. Um, so I got the Dreamers at 8-7 and seven going into St. Locash, coming out at 9-7. and seven. Um, Then they play you. So, again, you're going to have the opportunity for each of these two teams. Um, I expect them to lose that game at 9-8, and eight, but then they do have Greg, which puts them at 10 wins. 
Uh, and then I have them losing to omission at the end there. So I have them finishing 10 and 9, um, which generally gets you in the, the dance. Mm-hmm. So you're 5 and 7. You have three games against those ground ball teams, in my opinion. So again, everybody got a win for those games. So that puts you at eight and seven. The four games left at that point is Omission and the Dreamers, which we talked about, and Joe and Mikey, the other two gentlemen that you're looking at right now. So (laughs) if you can take these two guys out that are trying to get your playoff spot, um, that'll put you at, uh, at 10 and seven. And Mikey and Joe, if you beat one of them, you get the wild card spot really if you lose to both of them you still get the wild card spot at this point at 10 and 9 with more points than uh than the dreamers um the spot would be yours so is that the tiebreaker uh, is that that is that because the record is it record or points first it's record first which would be tied right and then it goes directly to points got it because that has always been what we agree as the the true indicator of the better. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you look, I mean, I have 570 right now. They have 538 and 526 respectively. Correct. So you're so saying that, that, that even having the same record, if it was a three way tie, that's still advantage me. That is correct. That is correct. Should. And like I said, Scott, you know, right? Scotty would be the team that, that, you know, other than yours that I like the most out of, but, but that guy's got a, a, he's just, he's played his weaker opponents already. He's got a a tough record uh, or tough schedule coming up. Um, that will absolutely come into play. So the, uh, the guy that is two games ahead of you has quite a bit more, uh, difficulty in the schedule coming up. So. God damn. I want another shot at you, Jack Swax. I really do, man. Like, I just want another shot, man. I want another shot. <laughs> Give me another shot. Come when on, man. you look man. at the breakdown, Scott is the team that's done the best, you know, scores relative to scores to Tim. And he's still got a losing record to Tim at 6-5 and five in the breakdown. And my only concern is, have I just had enough bad luck that it doesn't really even matter? If I have good luck down the road, I mean, there's so many things that have to break my way. You know, it, it'd be remarkable just to get into the tournament. I want to get in the tournament this year, big time, for a number of reasons. But I just, I don't see it. I just don't see it, how. The the one factor that, that is going against you, we we brought up Mikey, how, you know, Tim's obviously, we're, we're talking about it right now, has had a, a lot of bad luck. He's lost multiple games with the second or third highest score. Um, but, you know, he did bring up... Uh, a, a very valid point. He's also had some good luck in uh, in that he hasn't really had any major injuries. So, you know, the fact that he's losing games that he should be winning right. does not come into play when you consider the fact that, you know, sooner or later you generally end up with an injury or two. And and if that happens to him at this point, then yes, then then, then we're then it's a whole different ball game in the in the right scenario. You got a couple of guys that could back up guys that that go down, but. Um, there's both, certain guys yeah, no, I, I, you know, I've, I've worked hard to build the bench over the previous two weeks because I knew I haven't had that, that season ended injury or the six week injury or eight week injury that, you know, Joe with trout has been able to weather, you know, magnificently. So I haven't had that. So a lot of my moves over the last, you know, 20 days have been to give myself depth at the corners, at middle infield, and outfield. And I have that. I do have that to a point. 
I, one of the things I can't get around is that my players' hot streaks and cold streaks are happening all in sync. And that's that's a challenge. So I fixed the pitching part. Uh, but now it's like, you know, I'm trying to weave in a few different players to see if I can get different ups and downs at the same time. I, I did the right, I called the right one by putting Stanton in instead of Blackman. I squeezed out a few more points there. I picked up Cano. Uh, Cano's been cold in the first half of the season, so I want to, you know, see if he picks it up in the second half as the weather warms up here in the Northwest. So there's some thought behind what I'm doing. And I'm actually, when I look back and say, geez, you know, I've made some good calls. Uh, I've done the right things a manager should do. But boy, even if I look at points against, I mean, there are other players that have had more points against, and it's not outrageous what I've had. You know, Mikey's had the best luck on points against, and so that might turn a bit. But when you get in the last third of the season, I don't think those previous two-thirds really make much of a difference because I think there are coaches. Mikey, do you remember those seasons where you just knew that you were you were out of it? Plant. Right. And Streets plant halfway through, man. It's unfortunately that every time I've had a season like you're having, it's always stayed the same. Mm-hmm. It always keeps it keeps happening. You keep playing the same players on their good weeks, and certain players always beat you that aren't supposed to beat you, and that's enough to take you out of the playoffs. Because I remember – there was one year I didn't make the playoffs. I was third in points. It happens. It does happen. But again, it's just, this is more of a <clears throat> abnormality than even the yeah. normal abnormality. <laughs> um, you, have scored, you have scored 48.7, 65, and 54.2 in the last three weeks. That is dominating in this league dominating. you just happen to go one and two in this <laughs> damn you lost you lost with uh with the 65 or uh, 48 no, the 48 yeah. and the 54 were both losses for yeah. he's lost two at 48 plus uh a 54 he's like, like i said it's you know uh scheduling matters and it's part of the game it's it's you know it's it's the fun of the game. We've talked about it before. There's there's other ways of doing this. We've played you know different ways and and been more sure that the better team made the playoffs and won the championship. Um, you know, but it is more fun to do the head to head. This is one of the 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 downfalls, if you will, of it is um you know that it's it's definitely not perfect, and that's that's what makes it fun. Sometimes that Chris Chris can win and you can lose. So that's one of the things we talked about with with Omission, who who right now is in the driver's seat, is that fourth team for today if the season ended, and um, you know they've been riding the Cardinals all season long, and um, you know you know me, I I, I tend to be impatient. Um, I probably would have traded for somebody if by week three or four, um, but they've been just riding the card. <clears throat> haven't made a, a move with them. What do you think about that? Would you have uh, would you have done the same thing? Do you think there's a possibility that all of a sudden they just become better than they've been fantasy wise? Cardinals are always solid in my opinion. Do you think that they're just trying to hang on to to what they've got in the minors and instead of in other words, instead of giving up a player that they really like to For upgrade sure. their pitching staff? For so sure. maybe it's just a conservative strategy and they feel like they're going to be back in that position, if not better next year. I'm sure they do. Yeah. They have, like I said, a lot of young talent. They have guys that, you know, that, that they expected big things out of, I'm sure, or that are doing it even quicker than they expected. Uh, again, judge was, you know, somebody that was sought after 
Um, but nobody expected him to, to be in the position that he is right now. Um, not this quick anyway. Um, you know, nobody expected Justin or uh, Turner to be batting, uh, nearly 400 at this point. So, um, you know, I, it, it is a, a different style. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, to, to compare them to me is unfair because I'm very impatient. Um, but in general, right now you're in the driver's seat, you have that playoff spot and you see that, that most of the other playoff teams, their staff is scoring three or four more points than you on a regular basis. Um, you know, it, but, it, but like see, I, I guess what the way I'm, this, the side I'm looking at with this is, okay, let's say they make a move for a pitching staff. Have they gained enough to compete with either you or Tim on a week-to-week basis? Are they, are they gaining enough points that it's going to matter? Well, at this point, it, they, they can't because their staff sucks. If they, if they improve their – take that 50 and add four points to it, add three points to it, and all of a sudden, yes, now they're, you know, right there – with Tim, I, I just, I, like I said, I look at his schedule, I look at his situation and, and I think it's going to be the, the downfall, um, for him. I don't expect him. I, I expect him to, to be in, you know, the third best out of these three teams we're talking about by the time it's over. And, and right now they're in the driver's seat. So he's in a tough spot too. He, he can't really handle an injury. If he has one or two players go down, he does not have the bench in my opinion that can make it happen. Um, if he does trade, he's going to have to trade a young player. You know, people aren't going to be trading for Frazier or Scope or Calhoun, Owings, Joseph, Bandy. I mean, so his bench, and then if you go down, maybe Greg Bird, maybe. You know, maybe he moves Devers for, for, for a pitching staff, but I don't think he will. And, you know, I talked to him last night, and he's he's feeling good, man. He's feeling like, his team is in in a good position, which I it mean, is. It is, yeah. That, but, isn't, it true, he's in, isn't it true that he doesn't even care if he makes the? I mean, he wants to, but he's not even expecting to make the playoffs this year, right? He's just still building, trying to get younger. He actually is starting to taste. He's had a couple of wins now, so he is feeling a little more confident, Mikey. So you know, okay. if you as you've been listening to the podcast and and you kind of remember listening to him, he was building for the future. But right. you know, with a few beers in him and a and a steak off the barbecue, <laughs> no, he's talking shit, man. He's and a, talking and a three, shit and a three game winning streak. Three yeah, game winning absolutely. streak. Nice. <laughs> so he's feeling good. He's feeling like he can take down okay. you know anyone in the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's got a chance to to prove that this week. Um, going to this game, like I said, Joe's on an eight game streak. Uh, omissions on a three game streak. Yeah, and this, um, is a big one. It, it, I'm absolutely paying attention. Although Joe should be nervous because I want Joe to win. <laughs> Ironically enough, I'm an omission commission fan for the remainder of the season. I would uh, <laughs> be happy to see them just matter of fact, I don't care who else makes it as long as it's not, uh, not you big guy. You've got the me- Midas touch. So basically keep wishing. Right. And that's what'll happen. I mean, so, so how about this, this division thing? How about this? Maybe I should wish for Griffey. you to get your wishes. There you go. That, right? So, Jack, I really hope that everything you want comes true. And let me just throw that your way. Right? So, no, I do. Like, I really do. Like, if it can't be me, I hope it's yeah. you, and I hope you get I've, all the wishes. Oh, now you're you trying want. to make it sound genuine, too. <laughs> well, isn't that how curses work? Like, it can't sound like fucking dickish, right, Mikey? I mean, come I on. 
I so, think you can actually with a curse if you're. Well, fuck you! you. Know. I hope you get all your wishes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I felt I think I had a better team happen. and more points at this point last year than now. Yeah. I'm just getting lucky. Like you know, what I'm saying like I'm just getting lucky. I don't feel confident at seven and four. I don't you, feel like I'm any close to any one of the better teams. I'm just hoping that maybe have, when the playoffs start, a couple players get hot. That's all it takes. Yep, you so. you have definitely benefited from the reconstruction of the divisions. It just so happened the way it fell fell out. But yes, you're you have you're in the the better situation. I because the, the reconstruction of the divisions is that what is that did that change how the the schedule went? Is the schedule different now since we realigned the divisions? Because well, only no, everybody plays. Seven, I would still be seven and four. Everybody plays everybody the same amount of times except the last game. There's one extra game, and in that and I don't game, see how that, I would still be in the playoffs. I would still be in the playoffs at seven and four. I was thinking that oh, yeah. what was going to happen was that the division, the the guy who won our division, would be barely over five hundred. Like I didn't. I'm not saying myself. I would think I didn't think that I would have a good. It would be a good. Right. Team that's what I'm saying. Right. You're not. You're. You're not just beating up the other two teams in your division, you're doing right. better than most of the other but, teams, period. But I'm not um, ever scoring 50 points. Right. And you, you do seem to fluctuate a little bit, your team, though. You work, you know, we were talking about consistency at the beginning, and now it seems like you're kind of back and forth just a little bit. What, what this is about is the, the realignment does two things. As Jack said, the last game of the year in the Griffey division, the Griffey division plays inside the Griffey division. So the assumption is that the previous teams or the four best teams right. from the previous year would have other. to play each other the last game of the year. And that there's some consequence to that. The which other is part the is case. that, which is not, won't well, this probably not going to be the case this year. The other thing is, is that for the Griffey division, you basically have a 25% chance of getting to the playoffs, whereas in the Bonds and the McGuire division, you have a 33.3% chance. Okay, chance. I see that. So you have a, you have a greater chance, regardless of anything else, you only have to beat two other teams as opposed to beating three other teams, given all the games that are played. The other part basically of this... What I'm saying, basically what I'm saying is if, if there was no divisions, the same people that are making the playoffs yes. now would still be... Correct. That is correct. Which is what I yes. think would happen. I thought that two people in the Griffey division would be better than the winner of the Bonds division. Is basically what Tim, I'm saying. Tim would just be Tim would just be further down in <laughs> by, the one by record. Division. No, that's not true. I think that's I mean, I, there's a number that's of arguments I could say that that's that is the case, but um, <laughs> exactly. but, that's, but if if you didn't change the the schedule by doing this, then it, like I said, it doesn't matter. It's just I'm getting I'm having good luck this year, and you're not having good luck this year, but. If we went head to head in the playoffs, I'd rather have your team. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> right now, right I, now. I do appreciate that. Right, you know, too. Mikey. People have been telling me that for fucking weeks, right? Like it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of freaking just wrap your head your around. Outfield, it. Your outfield should be giving you fifteen to twenty every week, yeah. and they never put it together all together except yeah. one week. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, it's funny because it, it's, I've spent the last couple of weeks thinking a lot about luck and 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 i know this is again because i of course i i'm, I'm thinking about luck because why don't i have it where 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 but the the idea is that luck is a really strange thing and, and luck plays a big role in baseball like overall in baseball and i don't know that i ever really appreciated it until this year because frankly i've been blessed i have i've had great luck 
in a lot of ways. I mean, I had the one year that Pujols beat me the first game, and I didn't make the playoffs because of one game. So that felt bad. But that was like a bookend. It wasn't like every goddamn week being reminded about how you can fucking lose um, in a game that you really don't have a whole hell of a lot of control over, um, you know, other than you, you set the lineup and you go about your business. It's such a strange thing, randomness. Yeah, I just wanted to throw in something else about the, the division thing before we wrap that part of it up. Because the one thing that I took from it when we were talking about it, talking about making that change, is what it really does is it makes sure two teams that did not make the playoffs the previous year will get a playoff spot that is true. as a division winner. Correct. And and so that creates more interest for, for maybe the guys that, that don't have a team at the level that you two have. I guess all I'm saying is at the end of the day, that that to me is why it's it's really worked well because you're creating more interest. Right. Guys yep. that maybe wouldn't have cared before. Right. 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 And and it'll do it the, the yeah, it'll do it again, you know, this year, Joe or I'm sorry, uh uh LJ and Greg um do not and maybe Tim um may be in different divisions next year. You know, so so those that in there. So that's, that's the truth. So uh, yeah, those I mean. guys will be in a uh, in a better situation, right? And then somebody, right? In this scenario, uh, this is where the butterfly effect takes fucking place. Mm-hmm. Somebody else who didn't make the playoffs last year, this year, is going to be like, oh, cool. Well, at least I'm in a fucking you know one of the shitbag divisions next year. And then they get fucking Tim in their fucking division. Well, and, and, and okay, you know, so there, there's, that's going to happen every year. There's exactly well, not there's a, not more a, than not one a, effect too. Because... Not if Tim's record mirrored his talent, his score, then me, you know, if Tim makes the playoffs this year, then he'll be in this division again next year, just like myself. But if he, because of the bad luck he's having, even though his team is better, they're not scoring, he doesn't make the playoffs, then he's going to be in the the non-playoff division, one of those two divisions next year, even though everybody knows he doesn't fucking belong there. It's just bad luck. I, I like the setup. I, I think this is a I good setup. I mean, if we went to two additional teams and we had four divisions of four, we may have to look at a different way of doing it. I, I don't see that happening in the next year or two, so I think this is going to stay the way it is. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Jack. My My team is not going to change much. I've got a lot of players in their prime or entering their prime. So if that does happen, if I was to fall to the Bonds or McGuire division or whatever the fuck we name it next year, um, I would expect to cause some damage. Um, that 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 would just be. Yeah, I would not be want to be one of the ones in there. I would like to to go on record and say I I expect it to stay these division names um, as I'm getting my championship banner made. I would prefer to not have to remake it with a different name. I'm getting oh, very now you're treading on dangerous ga- ground. Getting very comfortable in this grippy division. I like it here. I've spent some time outside of this division. I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't mean to refer to it, uh, them as the shitbag divisions to you two. I'm sorry, Mike and Joe. I apologize for for, for calling your divisions. I had that. a shitbag season last Again, year. May you get all your wishes, division. Jack, as it relates to fantasy baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Once again, this is this is just part one. Part one is the playoffs. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking Whoa. any shit beyond the playoffs. Move it's out all that the, stuff behind him. He is backpedaling <laughs> fast right now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, making the dance is what I'm talking shit about. Oh, Winning okay. it all is a whole different subject that comes later. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, I'll allow it. gentlemen, let's uh, let's take a pause, uh, get some refreshments. We'll come back, and I'd like to talk a little bit about the Braves and what they're doing in the uh, in the uh, uh, National League East. Uh, pretty fun. We got a big Braves fan on the call right now, and Mikey. Uh, and maybe talk a little other uh, baseball stuff and why the Red Sox can't beat the fucking Yeah, it's we'll nice. Why the Red Sox can't beat the fucking Yan- uh, we'll Angels. Um, all right, so uh, let's take uh, uh, a, a quick break here, gentlemen, and we'll come back and uh, bullshit a little. Thanks. Okay, Bockers, let's uh, let's take a look at the National League East. We have uh, Big Braves fan and Mikey on the call. Mikey, your Atlanta Braves were not supposed to be good this year, but they are definitely making some noise. Obviously, I don't think they're going to challenge Washington for the uh, division crown, but boy, oh boy, what a good team. What a fun team to be around. Very solid. But I think it's a lot of it has to do with our division not being as good as it's supposed to be, too. Like the Mets, they're not good. The Phillies, they're not good. The what? Nationals aren't as good as they're supposed to be. And the Marlins aren't that good. So we're right in the middle of the pack with all the other bad teams in that division. But the Nationals are going to win that division. Yeah, No doubt. I, I agree with you there. Is this something that is getting you excited about the future of the Braves? The fact that they're starting to call up those young pitchers is what's getting me excited. Like they called up that kid Newcomb. He hasn't won yet, but he's got three quality starts. Enciarte is, um, we've talked about him a couple. He's one of the, the again, another underrated fantasy guy. Um, he keeps popping up. All his, you know, the guy doesn't, uh, he doesn't do anything phenomenally, but he does a bunch of things pretty well. And uh, has put together some uh, some good numbers, and um, and then the addition of Adams to fill that uh, that that's, hole. He's been uh, that's, that's a been trade nice. of the decade right there, man. That's the trade of the year so far. He's doing exactly what Freddie Freeman was doing, the exact right. same yeah. numbers. Yeah, picked up right Freddie where he Freeman left has off. Home runs. He's got twelve. It's crazy. We have twenty six home runs at the first base spot. I heard that instead Freeman of, said that he would of Adams to the outfield. Right. I heard that. Well, because Adams can't play the outfield. He sucks. He played in the it outfield. for St. Louis. He does, and he's bad. What I heard was Freeman. Not worse than Schwarber. Uh, I get your point? Well, Schwarber just got <laughs> sent should. down. But the, the, Fre- I heard that Freeman was the one that told the team he would move to third base because the team would be better if that was the case. And I think he played uh, maybe a handful of games of third base in the minor leagues, right, Mikey? That I, I was wondering. That. I, someone told me that he played it in high school. He did. I didn't know that. He did, and he played a few. It's a handful. Maybe I mean, maybe single digits. But the point is that your superstar player, a superstar at first base who's played all his major league career at first base, is saying, I should go to third base for the betterment of the team. How great is only, that? Only because of how it's it's only because of how good Adams is doing. If Adams was hitting 250 with six home runs, Freddie Freeman would be like, "You better learn how to play outfield." <laughs> so that's that's the truth. But if you think right, about but it's it, not something you yeah, it's not something you would see Derek Jeter, for, for instance, right. do. 
The three four five with Kent and Adams and Freeman is going to be nasty. The fact that Freeman's saying he's going to do it and the watching him do it is two different things. You're the GM at, at, for Atlanta, or let's even say you're the you you know you're you're coaching, and you're you're filling out the lineup card. Do you put Adams in the outfield knowing that he is going to cost you some runs in the outfield and maybe even possibly some wins at, to keep Freeman at at uh, first base rather than uh, put Adams, keep Adams at first base and put Freeman at third base. You have to try Freeman. You can't just say you're going to play third base. You have to watch. We have to watch the next couple of weeks, see how it goes. No, but if it works, right. Yeah. Even if it doesn't work, I, I think you're right. Tim. I, I, at that point, because a Adams is not a phenomenal fielder and B, you know, even Nick Markakis is, is, you know, pretty good. I mean, the outfielders, you know, not again, you know, lighten anything on fire, but they're solid where um, third base is an absolute hole for Atlanta. So like I said, it, it just makes more sense to, if he's willing and, and capable, even if he boots a few here and there, um, you're going to get similar out of Adams, you know, in the outfield. So at that point, you might as well fill the hole and, and let Freeman kick one or two down the line here and there to uh, to get that extra bat in the lineup. Like I this year it just seems like the Logan Morrisons, the Adams, right? The Alonzos, like all these post 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 sleeper guys suddenly irrelevant. Like Mikey, you yeah. have any ideas like what the fuck is going Adam's on? Cha- Adams changed his whole body though, dude. Yeah. So he Adams got he got like a, he got right. he looks like a completely that. different yeah. person. He was a fat dude. Yeah, he's fat no more. Yeah, I wish I could say that about myself. But um, so <laughs> the 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 idea is so he got better, and that's why I was surprised that the Cardinals traded him. Quite frankly, I mean they were really high on him. They were bragging on him. He was playing. They were they were saying good things about him, and then they traded him. And I I, I don't even who who did they get in return? I, it really wasn't nobody yeah I, was, I wonder if they were they concerned they about even PEDs. Get one of our prospects dude they took a nobody maybe but, but you think it might be peds joe so. you think it might I just, be i i wonder if they had a question about that that he was so much thinner when he came when he came back yeah the the, the you know if his physique changed that's unfortunately that's what you have to think speaking of performance enhancing something uh we have half this podcast is east coast half is west coast and the Dodgers obviously pay attention to them here out in the West Coast. A ridiculous team. And I know Aaron Judge is getting a lot of the pub and the 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 looks. And it's maybe the, some of that East Coast bias, but it, you know, and, and probably rookie of the year for the AL. But I, I, I gotta we I know we talked about Bellinger last podcast, but this kid is just ridiculous. And I know the fall is gonna come. I know this is not going to last forever. But holy shit, guys! He's got more home runs than singles. That—that's actually yeah. I didn't know that. That's actually yeah. That doesn't. That does not say a lot. That is a fact. He is um the the kid is locked in, and like I said, you you know when they come up like this, they start hitting you 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 the things you don't hear that you didn't hear about Nomar Mazzara, and that you don't hear is 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 the stuff you're hearing when they talk about Bellinger. I mentioned it last week, and and you know Greg questioned what it meant, and and. I think we we established that there's definitely a um, uh, uh, a level of intelligence that that you you know that advances throughout your baseball career, and uh, and for whatever reason, whether it's the the family, just what you know, the way he's come through the system, whatever it is, um, 
they just keep saying that this kid's just got a, a heightened knowledge of the game for for his age, for uh, for where he's at, for a kid that you know has played sixty games in in Major League Baseball. Um, I know, you know, I, I it took me a while to believe in what he's doing, and um, and then once I started believing in it, um, you know, then I just kept kind of expecting it to, to stop. And, and uh, he just continues to the point where today I, I was watching the game again with our game being close and um, ridiculous. Usually if I'm up by four points going into the weekend, nevertheless Sunday, I'm, I'm pretty damn confident that I'm going to win that game in fantasy. Um, today I was up by four points and all you fucking had left was this kid and I still wouldn't fucking give in to your concession speech. Like, I, as long as this fucking kid still has a bat in his hand, I'm not fucking saying I won. Um, I'm very impressed. His his swing is solid, and um, and he just continued two more today um, to, to put swing, the ball out of the park. Swing, he has a swing like Bryce Harper. He puts so much torque into his swing. It's like a corkscrew swing. It's awesome. Right, but what that, fucking 21-year-old kid that fucking wasn't even supposed to be? Like, this kid's coming up and, and fucking with Major League pitching before he fucking dude, takes him out of the park? Dude, like, he's swinging <laughs> from his ankles all the way up to his shoulders. Every part of his leg is in his swing, bro. It, it's all torque. It's all torque. It's pretty crazy to watch. So are you saying it's more like Pedroia? No, it's more like Bryce Harper. Exactly like Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper has very a lot of torque in his swing. It's the same thing. We all know that's what Jim needed was another Bryce Harper on his squad. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I do not like Bryce Harper at a player or a person at all. I'm just saying he has the same swing. Because he looks like a tall, skinny son of a bitch, but he hits the shit out of the ball. He looks like Sean Green. Remember Sean Green? Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Perfect example. That's a perfect example, dude. It really is. So, now, let let me just unpack something you just said there. You don't like Bryce Harper as a player or as a person. So let's Correct. let's hit the first part of that first. How could yeah. you not like Bryce Harper as a player? I don't know. There's certain players that I just don't like. There's certain people that I just don't like. He's just, I've just never liked him. Oh, you mean, so this is like a, is it, go ahead, Jack. I hate the Nationals, bro. I'm a Braves <laughs> fan. Is it because he can't throw a, a batting helmet straight? No, I think that was funny. I think that was a great, that was awesome. I, I actually like him more because he wasn't a pussy. He charged the mound, but I just don't I mean, like can him. Can I ask you a question, hair. Mike? Did you, like you saw, you saw that, hair. you saw that whole thing go down, right? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You said that, that, that you thought he wasn't a pussy. Who in that situation do you think was a pussy? Did you notice that Buster fucking Posey in all of his fucking armor never even fucking got out of a crouch while his fucking pitcher got barreled in on by Bryce Harper that that fucking I don't guy think he, Buster Posey didn't think that he should have hit him he never fucking moved there was a fucking bench clearing brawl and he He's was like, this your fight, <laughs> talking to the guy about fight. popcorn but Mikey isn't that part of the catcher's job I think Jack went on a rant at one point and said that's your fucking job it doesn't matter whether didn't, you think the pitcher should have or shouldn't have didn't he get hit by Hunter Strickland what yes didn't Hunter Strickland yes. hit him who yes. the fuck is Hunter Strickland why would Buster Posey Get into a fight because Hunter Strickland wants to hit Bryce Harper for the wrong reason. I think that's what Greg brought yeah, up. Actually. I don't disagree <laughs> with you. If that was Strasburg, if that was Strasburg, Posey would have been blocking. Yeah, hundred percent. Scherzer blocking. I 
It was fucking Hunter Strickland. I, I don't whatever, disagree. Man. I don't disagree. But I have never in my life of watching baseball ever not seen whoever was on the bump a catcher not step up. I've never seen it wasn't that. Even, not even like it's worse than not stepping up. He made it a point to say this. You're shit, dude. <laughs> So, Mikey, I, I got a question for you. So, I, I watch the downloads of uh, uh, and see how the podcasts do. This is 15. So, we've had 14 podcasts, 13 of which we've actually published and shared with the public. Of those 13, the number one episode was Pseudo Scout um, by far. It's almost double every other one. Number two was an epic collision of hair, which was when we broke down the fight. Um, of Buster uh, Posey. And number three, all time, is Life Imitates Television, which is the one you're on. Why are you such a big draw? Are you just bringing women? Like, what? why is the podcast, <laughs> when you appear on the podcast, sh- people listen? Like, what's up with that? I don't no, know. Come on, I want to know. What, what is that, that magnetic? Yeah, dope. It's my hat. Dope. It's a, it's all it's all his tech friends that are um, that are downloading the show to it's listen to. All my to Facebook him. friends, man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's not that's no bullshit, man. That's no bullshit. You you uh, that's episode eight is uh, has pulled better than ten, thirteen, fourteen, twelve, and then some of the earlier ones when you know before we really weren't known. But for some reason, the Bockers like Mikey. I don't know why. You're our Tom Cruise, Mike. You're our Tom Cruise. Right, I'll take it. I'll take it. He, Little he victories make, in life, man. Little he probably makes senior downloaded onto his phone and and the computer at home and stuff too. Right? Pops has no fucking idea. <laughs> he has no idea. He, he told me that was part of my trade, though, Mike. You know, my part of my trade with him was for him to come on the podcast. I actually sacrificed. He was him. waiting. He was waiting all weekend, dude. I told him it was Sunday, but we hadn't connected. So, but I guess we're going to get him in a couple weeks, right? right. You're going to make sure we get him in a couple. Yeah, weeks? I think he's coming in two weeks. All right. Dead. So, so well, let him we, we have. He's the only owner we have not had. He will be an entertaining call. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, he is the only one we haven't had. He's huh? the only one. We, we well, we had. So obviously, the last podcast we had, uh, well, uh, Eldon yeah. was text, but Eldon just didn't want to come on microphone. Um. But, uh, you know, at least Pops is willing to play, right? You know? Um, does Eldon sound like a girl? He does not sound like a girl, but for some reason, <laughs> he just would not do be it. Careful. Be careful. I called him a name last week before I found out what a badass he was. <laughs> yeah, he is a, he is a badass. Uh, yeah, hey, Eldon, no habla inglés. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So I'm curious about... Bellinger and uh, Judge, which of those two do you think is going to is league going to adjust to first? In other words, who has a better chance of sustaining what he's doing? Judge has a cooler fan club. I'll screw that. He's a Yankee, so I already don't like him. I there's no Yankee, there's no Aaron Judge shirts to be sold in New York right now. They're all gone. There's Bellinger shirts though. Well, plus they get to dress up in those robes and, and run around <laughs> with the hammers. And stuff. Yeah, what? What? Why are they dressed as English judges? Judge. Oh, they're ba- yeah, they're well, actually that, dressed as yeah. the term because they're New Yorkers barristers. Like I don't, 
Well, it was New Amsterdam, right? It's not right? that hard Mark. to confuse. It me. was New Amsterdam. It wasn't New England. It was New Amsterdam. So I don't even know that. But the the, I mean, I just I I look at that. I'm like, okay, like what fucking judge dresses like that? Oh yeah, the judges in fucking England. Judge Judy, right? <laughs> I I don't know. That's no. Honestly, all joking aside, that is a really interesting question because I've. This whole season, I thought, Judge, that this was a mirage. And then uh, Jack pointed out, and I went back and looked, and, and the judge is hitting balls out that just, you know, should not be hit alone, let alone hit out of the ballpark. And if he's going to be hitting stuff outside the strike zone, then I don't know what you do. He plays in a tiny ballpark, um, and if he just puts bat to ball, Shit. I mean, I would. His home runs go far. It doesn't matter what park he plays in. Well, you wonder if you could frustrate him and throw everything outside of the strike zone. Say that again, Joe. I say you just wonder if you can frustrate him and throw everything outside of the strike zone. And and if he gets frustrated, maybe he flails at it and starts striking out more. Do what the Cubs did to Harper last year. Just walk him, walk him, walk him. Um, Yeah. If he'll take it. That's interesting. You know, I, I actually, at this point, I want to say it's Judge, but Judge has been doing it for longer than Bellinger. Yeah, the park the park isn't really going to come into to play in this particular question because the um, you know, they're we were talking about figuring them right, out. Right, so, right, right. Um, you know, with bat on the ball, if I had to bet on one of them for you know home runs going forward, I would I would still probably bet on Judge just by the the park, if nothing else. One of them plays in a fucking matchbox and and one of them plays in in la I so i haven't seen bellinger hit that many opposite field home runs he's had a couple I've but hit, i've seen judge hit center field right center but it seems to me once they start pitching him off speed outside that it's not going to be home runs anymore well boys uh thank you so much this was fun mikey uh always great having you on here good luck to your braves yes, sir. Joe, uh, as uh, you know, next time make sure you have a fucking record album there, will you, please? Come on, man! Like, I yes, promise. okay. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize it meant so Jack, much. Jack, you you were although you tried to, to to act like a dick a little bit, you were much more gracious, and I really appreciate all your kind words. Congratulations on a great win! Um, you definitely put the Thank best you. team on the on the field. Um, uh, and, and although I think you took umbrage to me saying you earned the win, but you certainly did put the right pieces in place <laughs> to get the win and uh, i still want to get in the fucking playoffs and play you again i want another shot i want i want a rematch come on. um come on i'll hold a spot for you <laughs> yeah, come on man yeah. come on man it won't be a championship I can, I can unless o- you win against me i can only hold these other guys off so long so hurry up get your shit together oh, man. i love you guys jack uh really seriously all congratulations you, you definitely it's good it's all hey. good i hope you get all your wishes too hey joe good to see you mikey joe. Yeah. Just so you know, I, I still pick you to win. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, that scares Fuck me. You, Mikey. <laughs> Bye, brothers. That Buster Post move put you over the top, man. That's what I'm hoping. Good play. Jack's favorite player. Still a pussy, but I agree. <laughs> Bye, boys. Bye, Be fellas. good, fellas. Peace. See you. Take care, guys. The war was lost, the treaty signed, I was not caught across the line, I was not caught 
Though many tried, I'll live among you, well disguised. I had to leave my life behind. I dug some graves you'll never find. The stories told with facts and lies. I have a name, but never mind.
treaty signed I was not caught across the line I was not caught though many tried I live among you well disguised